Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey folks, good afternoon to you. Thanks for joining us on Calvary Live. Jason Vandiver here with you again. Excited to be with you for uh, for the next hour, taking your calls and questions about the Bible and your prayer requests. Uh, appreciate all of you listening uh, here on Grace FM in Colorado and uh, Wyoming, all up and down the Front Range and of course, we have uh, our uh, southern listeners, Kentucky, uh, North Carolina, Tennessee, all of you guys uh, listening, and in the Northeast, uh, all of the Hope FM listeners, we're glad to have you as well, Maryland, New Jersey, uh, Pennsylvania, and then, as always, we've got our gracefm.com listeners, and uh, those listening on the Grace FM app, uh, those uh, on different streaming services like iHeartRadio, uh, welcome to all of you as well. I know uh, typically we have folks uh, from all over the United States and around the world, so wherever you're listening, we're glad to have you here and uh, if for some reason you want to catch a previous edition of this program or you want to go back and re-listen to this program you want to hear a particular answer again uh, you can do so uh, by going to the Calvary Live podcast uh, on Apple podcast just select the original show uh, date and if you're listening on Truth FM or Hope FM uh, you are listening on a one-week delay uh, so you want to uh, go back. You can call in live, of course, but uh, but the program is from exactly one week earlier. So keep that in mind when you're selecting that original show date. So again, I'm Jason Vandiver with you. I'm the pastor of Calvary Chapel in Parker, Colorado. And you can get uh, more information about our fellowship, including service times. You can join us tonight for our midweek service, 7 p.m., but you can get more information at calvarychapelparker.com. And we'll be continuing tonight uh, in the book of Hosea, uh, chapter Chapters 7 through 9, and if you'd like to join us on the weekend as well, or only able to join us on the weekend, we'll be continuing uh, with uh, the book of Ezekiel. Actually, the plan is to wrap up the book of Ezekiel, uh, looking at the millennial reign of Christ, of course, there at the end of the book uh, of Ezekiel. So Sunday 9, uh, 1045 tonight. 7 p.m. A couple of options for you. Of course, uh, if you're local, you can come on out in person. If not, you can catch it live online 7 p.m. tonight, Mountain Time, 9 a.m. Sunday morning. Again, uh, Mountain Time. 303-690-3000. That's the number for everybody uh, to call. And if you want to text, please, uh, one sentence text of your prayer request or your question. Um, and uh, that way we can digest those while we're on the air and get to as many of those as well. The number to text is different, though, 720-336-0897. Let's go to Dan in Castle Rock. And uh, welcome to the welcome to the program, Dan. Hey, how you doing today? I'm doing good. How's it going? Really good. Um, I just got a, I guess, kind of a two-part question almost. Um, so in First Peter chapter 4, verse 6, it says, after Christ died, he went down and to preach the gospel to those, um, to give them a chance to be saved, I suppose. Um, but how does that 
play into like Lazarus and the poor man with those being on Abraham's bosom and those across the great cavern, like they weren't able to cross over that. What exactly does he mean in First Peter? Yeah. So four? first, yeah. First off, uh, so First Peter chapter four, um, verse six. There, um, just like you pointed out, it says this reason the gospel is preached to those who are dead that they might be judged according to men in the flesh, but live according to God in the Spirit. So obviously a challenging verse, but um, the key to this verse, as a lot of challenging verses, um, this is the key. It's it, You have to really look at the greater context. And so I think so, so many times people have gone off with this um, simply because they ignored that that admonition to really check the context first. Um, obviously this wasn't written to confuse, um, you know, or introduce some sort of new doctrine. It was meant to support uh, the thought, and and Peter there uh, is uh, is talking about um, suffering. That's that's the context and and uh, the mind of Christ there. And so the first thing to keep in mind with that verse is it doesn't say that the gospel was preached after they died. It just lets us know, first of all, uh, that they are dead now. So the gospel was preached to those who are dead, but it doesn't say that the gospel was preached to them because um, that's not a biblical doctrine that there is uh, a second chance after you die. The Bible teaches us in Hebrews 9.27, rather the opposite, that it's appointed to the men once to die and then the judgment. So the time to deal with the gospel is uh, while we're alive. And so, uh, and, and then he continues on talking about that, that they might be judged according to men in the flesh. And so men judged them uh, harshly, even persecuted them. Again, the context is suffering, uh, but that they live on eternally vindicated uh, by the Lord. So they heard the gospel uh, while they were alive. They responded, uh, even though uh, they were judged as uh, by unbelievers like many other Christians are. So with that in mind, then you go back and read it again. Uh, the gospel is preached, uh, was preached to those that are dead, they're saved, uh, and they're judged according to men in the flesh. In other words, people hate them, judge them, so forth. But because they responded, they live on according to, uh, to God in the Spirit. Does that make sense to you? Kind of. Okay, what's... Um, again, co- context. He's talking about suffering, the suffering of believers. So it's the stuff... So I'm assuming these are people that have passed away before the resurrection of the cross. Is that correct? So he's talking about those who are dead now, yes. So he's talking about believers who are dead now. For this reason, the gospel was preached to those who are dead. Not preached while they were dead, but preached to them before they died. But they're dead now. He says, but they live on uh, according, or they live according to God in the spirit, uh, even though they're judged by men in the flesh. So the context is not at all like the gospel's being preached to people who didn't respond who are dead. It's, uh, the context is, is the suffering of believers, particularly at the hands of unbelievers. Okay. So, yeah, and again, it, it, like I said, it's uh, um, important to, well, in, in 1 Peter, um, 
in this section, this this these eleven verses here, the whole the whole point is the believer's approach to suffering, the mind uh, of suffering. He talks about he talks about how Christ suffered, and then he talks about arming yourself with the same mind. So as he introduces this, he's he's not introducing some sort of tangential thought or something else. It, it's supporting that idea, the suffering of believers. Okay. Okay, so it's important. There's a few things uh, in Peter, obviously, uh, that uh, they get taken out of uh, context, I think, and um, and this is this is one of them. So we're not taught anywhere in Scripture any kind of doctrine of the second chance, or that that the gospel is is, is uh, somehow being preached to believers in the sense that they can respond. Uh, to that gospel. Elsewhere, it also speaks of judgment uh, being proclaimed, but, uh, uh, but that's, the, uh, that's, that's the gist of what Peter's saying here in chapter 4, verse 6. Okay, and I was just thinking that since they didn't really get a chance to hear the gospel since they died before Christ died on the cross, then it gave them a chance to listen to the gospel at that point, I guess is kind of how I was looking at it. Yeah, but see, that's an inaccurate statement to say that people don't hear the gospel before Christ comes, because the gospel um, has always been proclaimed. Um, In fact, the gospel was understood uh, clear back. We see in the prophecies of Jacob, we see uh, with Moses proclaiming the gospel. Men Men were always... Uh, have always been saved by the gospel, and the gospel has always been proclaimed. The gospel was proclaimed uh, in the tabernacle. I heard a promo for Pastor Ed's uh, teaching on Jesus in the tabernacle, and everything in the tabernacle and later in the temple uh, proclaimed the gospel message. So, so the gospel has always been preached, and if you look at the 11th chapter of Hebrews, you see uh, that they were saved by faith, that Abraham was saved by faith, that, that he believed God uh, uh, and he was looking forward to uh, to the Savior. We see Daniel uh, proclaiming the gospel. So, so the gospel has has been known and 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 proclaimed and understood and believed on by faith uh, uh, by all believers throughout history. Some were looking forward. Uh, some had the privilege of looking to the cross, uh, the disciples and those in the first century. We look back, but every man is, has had a chance to hear the gospel. Paul talks about in, in, in Romans that, uh, um, that uh, men are without excuse. So, so they don't have an excuse when they die because God's creation proclaims uh, his truth. And then as they seek him, uh, I think of you know Cornelius in the book of Acts, then God reveals himself uh, even further in Christ to those who seek him. So, so there isn't a sense in which men after they die would have an excuse or a need to hear the gospel. They've, they've had that opportunity in life uh, at, at, at all points in which, uh, in which men have lived. Awesome. Thank you so much. Okay. Yeah, you bet. Hey, appreciate you calling, Dan. God bless you, my friend. Yes, God bless you. 303-690-3000. Great question uh, from from Dan there. You know, not a question that you get a lot, but it's an important question. Um, I think probably a lot of you are realizing that, um, having had the opportunity to think about some of the things that Dan was asking about. I always appreciate those questions. Appreciate uh, Dan calling in. Love to have you join me. 303-690-3000. Once again, that's the number to call. Got all lines open right now, so great time to pick up the phone and uh, dial. If you want to uh, text 720-336-0897, uh, one-sentence text, 
with your prayer request uh, or your question, and we'll answer as many of those as we can as well uh, on the program. And uh, we've got a text here uh, from uh, someone uh, just looking for prayer uh, to uh, uh, salvage uh, a, uh, a relationship uh, with another person. And uh, we want to just go ahead and pray for that. Uh, you know, that's the, the Lord's desire. You know, people in the world don't always have that desire, but that is the Lord's desire. Uh, when things are broken, particularly relationships, that uh, uh, that they would be healed and uh, that the Lord would work. And so that should be our desire as believers. Lord, we just pray for this individual and, and uh, for uh, this friend of theirs, Lord, that you would uh, just heal. Uh, whatever has uh, built a wall or created division in this relationship, that, um, that there would would just be humility and uh, Lord that you would uh, just bring reconciliation uh, that you would work it out and that there would just be joy uh, in unity in you and uh, Lord that you would just uh, work uh, in the future Lord we uh, we love you and uh, and and we thank you and and we just give this to you now these folks to you now in Jesus name we pray amen hey so we appreciate uh, those chances to pray uh, for you, and uh, again, if you want to uh, text your prayer request or your question, 720-336-0897, uh, or if you want to call and join uh, me on the program, 303-690-3000 uh, is the number to call. Jason Vandeveer here with you. I'm the pastor of Calvary Chapel in Parker, Colorado, and uh, our website, if you want to check that out and get more information, perhaps join us or join us online, calvarychapelparker.com, calvarychapelparker.com, that's our website, you can stream uh, services live there, including tonight's service, 7 p.m. Mountain Time, continuing with worship and study uh, in the book of Hosea, chapters 7 through Nine and uh, of course Hosea ministering uh, just prior to the captivity of the northern kingdom, primarily to the northern kingdom, ten tribes of Israel, uh, and uh, it's a message tonight entitled "When I Would Have Healed." Uh, all about uh, what we miss out on uh, when we're not right with God or when we refuse to get right with God, uh, missing out on the mercy and the the blessings of God, and that's exactly what happened at that time uh, to uh, to Israel. So you don't want to miss that. And if you want to join us on the weekend, Sunday nine or ten forty-five, uh, you can catch it live online nine o'clock. Uh, continuing, actually wrapping up in the book of Ezekiel, chapters forty-six through forty-eight, uh, looking at the millennial kingdom uh, and reign of Christ, something that we talked about quite a bit actually on this program yesterday. So fascinating time. Uh, there's the millennial temple there. Uh, there. Well, there's the revival of the nation of Israel and, and the Magog invasion and then the millennial temple and then the millennial kingdom as a whole will be finishing up with that uh, general look at the millennial kingdom this Sunday. And you can get all of our messages, uh, either the ser- entire services or audio or video uh, of the messages as well to stream any book uh, of the Bible for free, just whenever you want, calvarychapelparker.com. Just go there, click on the messages tab. Uh, if you want to watch the whole services service, click Watch Live. You can watch archived copies of services there. But if you just want the message, go to the Messages tab, and you can get audio or video of uh, studies through the entire Bible. Uh, so just pick a book and study it. But how about uh, joining us 
on this program right here. We'd love to have you uh, on this program. And I know sometimes folks are a little bit nervous about that, especially if they haven't done that before. Uh, we'll do our best to make you comfortable. And uh, we're uh, looking forward to your questions, your calls. 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. You can call that number no matter where you are, no matter where you're listening across the country or around the world. Uh, and uh, you'll get through because we have uh, have all our lines open right now. Uh, and if you do prefer to text, uh, again, no matter where you are, 720-336-0897 is, the, uh, is the, the text number. Got a text here. It uh, says that uh, uh, why do religious leaders at hospitals always assure people that their love, loved ones will be in a better place uh, even if they are not Christians uh, who died? Um, and uh, I mean, kind of a, a, a general statement, I think that is probably for the most part true, uh, but uh, I'm sure there are some chaplains out there that, uh, that are not uh, doing that. But I know that a lot of times that happens, whether it's in a hospital or setting or whether it's uh, at a funeral. Uh, and I think that a lot of times people have a hard time. Number one, I think that, that not all of these chaplains believe what the Bible says, um, you know, about heaven and about hell and about uh, the exclusivity, the narrowness. Uh, Jesus said, broad is the road that leads to destruction. Many there are that go that way. Narrow is the path that leads to righteousness. Few there are that find it. I think that there's a lot of people that just don't believe that, uh, and they are in positions as chaplains in hospitals and so forth. Uh, but then also I think that maybe there are some that do believe uh, but uh, they're not willing to say uh, the truth, you know, uh, or uh, certain things that that are uncomfortable. And I think if you're going to be in that position, you've got to know how to have honest conversations uh, with people. So I think that's a fair uh, question. And uh, it's, uh, it's an unfortunate reality today, whether we're dealing with uh, chaplains or whether we're dealing with just people in general, they don't want to uh, have an honest conversation about heaven and hell uh, and eternity. So appreciate your text, 303-690-3000. Uh, if you want to call, let's go to May in Colorado Springs. May, welcome to the program. Hi. How are you? I'm doing fine, thank you. Good. What's on your mind? I have a question. I'm a believer in um, Jesus, and I do have a question about people that believe in ghosts or that they see spirits after someone has died, um, mm -hmm. what the Bible teaches about that. Yeah, so um, here's the thing. The, the Bible doesn't teach us that, um, that people, when they die— um, that they can enter some sort of disembodied state and just kind of choose where they want to dwell. In other words, um, so if somebody dies and, and they're not a believer, or even if they are, the Bible doesn't, doesn't uh, indicate, in fact, quite the opposite, that they just have the freedom to just say, well, I'm going to stay in this house uh, or I'm going to communicate with my relatives. Um, in fact, the Bible, as I mentioned, you know, to the previous caller, the Bible declares in Hebrews nine twenty seven that that when 
men die after that, you know, they, they well, with unbelievers, they face the judgment. And so that's what happens to the spiritual side of a person. And all people have a, a, a soul and a spirit that is, that is eternal and is going to, to inhabit some place. Uh, but it is not this place uh, right here after they die. So, so that's, the, that's kind of the, the, the first uh, thing. You know, of course, we remember after uh, Samuel the prophet uh, died uh, there, you know, in the, in the book of Samuel, uh, where he, uh, there's a very unique situation where he has a conversation with King Saul. And of course, Samuel and Saul were very close, and then Samuel and David uh, were were close as well. And so, but that seems to be a, number one. If that is was in fact Samuel, uh, it seems to mm-hmm. indica- indicate in the Bible that it was. Some debate that, but but that seems to be an anomaly, and he seems to be rather perturbed that he had to go and do that. So for whatever reason, God allowed that. We can't put God in a box. God allowed that, but nowhere else do we ever see uh, that that happening. And so when these things happen then, you know, we say, okay, well, so obviously people see something, you know, at times. What, what, is, it that they're, what is it that they're seeing? What are they experiencing? Well, I would suggest to you that, that what they're experiencing is the spiritual realm, but is not human. Uh, in other words, I would suggest that they're experiencing, you know, fallen spirits in an attempt to to deceive them. And uh, and I think that that is very common. You know, Satan is called the father of the lie and and he will do whatever it takes uh, to deceive individuals. And and if you notice, a lot of times these these um, so-called spirits of their deceased loved ones give unbelievers and those lost in their sin a false sense of comfort. And uh, so if it truly was the, the, the deceased relative, uh, then that relative would be uh, preaching the gospel, telling them uh, to repent and to get right with Christ so that they don't go where other believing relatives, even perhaps that relative, uh, has gone. Uh, and so uh, we see that in the story uh, of the rich man and Lazarus. Uh, you know, the, the rich man, he says, I want to go back uh, in Luke 16 there and tell my relatives who aren't believers, you know, that they might repent. And, and, uh, and, and uh, he's told, no, you can't do that. And, uh, and so, but, uh, so number one, we see in that it's not possible. Number two, we see that a different message would be delivered. So I would suggest that when that is experienced, you know, what would be called the paranormal, uh, today. And there's of course, lots of TV shows and things like that about it. Uh, I don't, I wouldn't waste your time with those. I would suggest that it's real, but it's not what people think. And so are you saying it is not from God? You're saying yes. it's real. Yes, I, 100% it is not from God. Okay. And okay. what are the Bible references that you gave? You you gave two examples. Uh, what books are they in? Yeah, uh, we've got uh, the, the Rich Man and Lazarus, which is in Luke chapter 16. 
And then we've got Samuel the prophet and King Saul. Uh, and uh, uh, I'd have to track that verse down for you, uh, but uh, it's going to be in, uh, uh, in 1 Samuel. And uh, I'll, have to, I'll okay. have to find the exact uh, reference for you there. But Samuel's dead. Saul is, it's the day before Saul's going to die, actually. Uh, and uh, Saul, I- I'll, have to, I'll have to look it up here. Maybe I'll get a chance during the break and, uh, and I'll mention okay. it so that, I, so that I can give it to you. Yeah. I'll listen. Okay, oh. that would be fine. Okay, yeah. Thank you for your time. Hey, you bet, man. I really appreciate you calling. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. God bless you. 303-690-3000. Jason Vanderveer here with you on Calvary Live. And and uh, if you want to join me on the program, like Dan, like May, I'd love to have you do so. Again, 303-690-3000. And uh, if you want to text 720 and uh, I'm just trying to track down for May there that scripture uh, where Saul goes to uh, uh, the witch there, you know, and uh, he, uh, it's uh, the witch of Endor, I think, if I remember, if my scripture is uh, right, First Samuel maybe 28, uh, let me uh, check that, but uh, that, uh, that might very well be the uh, the passage that uh, that we're looking there it's uh, the time that we're we're thinking of is where uh Saul is uh he's about to die uh the next day yeah it's first samuel chapter uh 28 so may if you're listening uh there's uh there's an interesting uh passage there and uh in in first uh, samuel chapter uh 28 and uh uh you know, kind of the, but like I said, kind of the exception. Uh, we don't see that anywhere else in, in, in Scripture. God did some interesting things uh, through the prophets. He did some unique things that he doesn't do uh, through ordinary individuals. So that would seem to be the one time uh, that God allowed uh, communication between someone who was deceased and someone who was alive. Uh, but, uh, but typically what, what uh, individuals are dealing with is uh, deception uh, from the enemy. And uh, uh, as I said, the message uh, that they they often receive uh, indicates that because or or reveals that because it's typically uh, a false message. So uh, very interesting uh, subject uh, matter and uh, and I appreciate uh, May calling in uh, with that. God bless you, May. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand. Jason Vanderveer here with you on Calvary Live. Uh, if you want to join me, that's the number to call, 303-690-3000. If you like to text, uh, we can do that uh, as well. 720-336-0897 is the number uh, to do so. And uh, just give, give me a short uh, text uh, so that I can digest that and answer as many of those uh, on the program as well. I've got one here. It says, what is the difference between being baptized in Jesus uh, or Father, Son, and uh, Holy Spirit? Do you have to be baptized in water uh, to be saved? Uh, great question. Um, first of all, uh, uh, the uh, idea that you have to be baptized to be saved uh, is not scriptural. Uh, and so uh, we we know that... Uh, um, that, uh, for example, the thief on the cross was n- 
to him, does it seem like he was baptized, yet Jesus says to him, today uh, you will be with me in paradise. Uh, and we see a lot of scriptures talking about, you know, he who believes uh, and is baptized uh, that's in the uh, Gospel of Mark, chapter 16. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. So notice that baptism follows belief, but it is belief that is the basis of salvation. That's Mark 16, 16. So a lot of people, not a lot of people, some people have suggested that you have to be baptized to be saved. What they're doing is adding a work uh, to the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. And uh, that is what is known as, uh, it's a false doctrine. It's known as baptismal regeneration. It is, it is not scriptural. So baptism should uh, follow salvation. It is something that we should want to do, uh, but we can't somehow through baptism participate in our own salvation. Jesus Christ has already done that work on the cross. So great question. And uh, looking forward to uh, many more in the next half of the program. You can hear the music there. We've got to take a short break here, but then we'll be back. 303-690-3000. If you want to join me on the program, Jason Vanderveer with you. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. And welcome back. Jason Vanderveer here with you on Calvary Live. So uh, good to have this time to be able to just spend uh, with all of you talking about the Word of God, uh, answering questions, praying uh, what a blessing it is, and I'm so thankful for this program, and I know uh, so many of you are. appreciate all of you uh, who have tuned in, uh, all, of the, all of you who uh, regularly tune in as well. Thank you for, for being a part of this program. Hey, if you want to join me, you probably uh, heard the numbers a few times. Let me throw them out one more time, 303-690-3000. Uh, you can call that number if you want to join me on the air. If you prefer to text, it's a different number, 720-336-0897. Give me a brief uh, one sentence, if you can, uh, synopsis of your question, and we'll answer as many of those as we can on the program. One listener uh, called, uh, didn't want to hold, but uh, uh, asked about the Queen of Sheba. And uh, they wanted to know where Sheba uh, is. So uh, we see the, uh, the, the Queen of Sheba uh, in, uh, in, in Scripture, in 1 Kings and uh, in 2 Chronicles, um, 1 Kings 10, 2 Chronicles 9. Uh, that's where we see the queen uh, of Sheba. And uh, she's someone who uh, lived during the time uh, of King Solomon. And she came from her, her land because she heard of the fame of Solomon and, and she wanted to test him and, and wanted to, him to answer her questions because of his wisdom. Uh, Sheba uh, was the area today of, of Yemen. Uh, so that's uh, the area of the kingdom of Sheba, uh, is that uh, North uh, African 
area of uh, of Yemen there. So that's uh, that's the area of uh, of Sheba uh, for those that are for those that are wondering historically uh, about that. And so uh, good questions. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand. Let's go. We got Dan. Looks like we got Dan back. Uh, Dan, are you there? Yes. How you doing? Hey, I'm good. Uh, what, what's up? Just wondering why would Satan want the body of Moses when he passed? <laughs> yeah, you know, um, that's a good question. We don't, I, I have some ideas about that. The Bible doesn't say uh, specifically um, why, why Satan wanted it. But I suspect that, uh, well, number one, we know that it wouldn't have been good. Um, so then we can kind of come up with any number of reasons why Satan would be interested. Uh, I would suggest to you that that probably first and foremost, uh, that he wanted to use it uh, to lead people astray. I think of like the way people treat the Shroud of Turin today. Regardless of what you think about the Shroud of Turin, I, I personally don't think the Shroud of Turin is authentic. Um, but the problem is is that people worship the Shroud of Turin. Um, I think of the, the serpent on the pole from the wilderness, the bronze serpent that later that they named Nehushtan. Uh, and they began worshiping it so that they had to destroy it. I suspect that the body of Moses could have become something like a relic for people. You know, had they actually, had Satan had it and, you know, put it somewhere and, and caused people to start worshiping because of, you know, the sheer uh, magnitude of the man Moses, that it could have be become a potential stumbling block or perhaps he would have desired to use it uh, as a stumbling block or, or, or maybe he had some sort of other nefarious uh, thing in mind. But God was not going to let Satan either dishonor Moses his servant uh, or use him uh, as some sort of tool of false worship or propaganda. So we're not told exactly why, but but we know that it wouldn't have been good. Awesome. Thank you, sir. Yeah, you bet. Appreciate it. Thanks, Dan. All right, bye. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000. Uh, Jason Vanderveer with you on Calvary Live. And uh, great, great questions, Dan and uh, from May there as well, and uh, from some of our other, one of our other uh, callers, we don't have their name, but uh, love to have you join me on the program. Let's go to Joe uh, in New Jersey. Uh, welcome to the program, Joe. Hi, how are you? I'm good. What's on your mind? Oh well, um, I'm I'm calling in for a prayer request for our son who was in a really bad car accident four years ago, um, and he suffered a traumatic brain injury. Hmm. He is nonverbal and nonmobile. Uh, I do want to say, though, he started smiling for the first time um, last June, so that's something that, you know, we're, we've been celebrating. Hmm. Um, but I also have a question on any advice on how to answer his four-year-old brother who tells me that he doesn't think that God is real because he prays every night for Jojo to get better, and Jojo's still not better. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, well, first of all, uh, praise the Lord for what he's doing uh, in your son's life, in your older son's life. And, and um, the second thing I think to, to share, obviously with, well, it's not just four-year-olds that struggle with that. You know, I mean, I, I know 40-year-olds sometimes that have the same... <laughs> 
the same questions, right? You know, so so yeah. it's not always something about age, but I think the answer is is really the same whether you're four or forty, and and that's you know, there's there's a lot of questions there. You know, sometimes it's the question, well, you know, why would God allow this to happen in the first place? And then there's the question, well, you know, if God is real, then then why doesn't He just fix it? And and the answer to that question is is that you know. First of all, you know, we see things in a very limited capacity. And so so we see something and, and we see, okay, if it happens in our mind, number one, it's always wrong. So in other words, if anything bad happens, our our immediate conclusion is it's always wrong. But but God doesn't see it that way. Um, you know, I have a a, a child who uh, was uh, born with cerebral palsy. So uh, and and but I can tell you that that uh, you know that the world would say, well, that's wrong. That that's that's a mistake. But I can tell you from experience that it's not. Uh, but uh, but that's hard sometimes for people to see whether people are born that way or whether they 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 uh, have difficulty as a result uh, of an accident. Um, what we would call a mistake or wrong, uh, God uh, uh, would uh, not necessarily agree. So that's the first thing is is perspective. Um, but the second thing is is that God uh, knows better when it comes to answering prayer. And I think the first thing is is that God you know is. Uh, working by virtue of the fact that you mentioned, you know, that in the in the last year, uh, it was the the first time uh, that uh, that your son uh, smiled, and so you know that's uh, obviously that's God uh, working uh, in his life. I think in Second uh, Corinthians there, and in, uh, in in uh, chapter. 12 uh if i'm if i'm not mistaken is where paul uh, talks about his thorn uh in his flesh and he talks about how he pleaded uh with god uh, to remove that thorn and then but god answered him in verse 9 my great is, grace is sufficient for you my strength is made perfect uh, in weakness. That's something very hard for us to understand. So that when God doesn't work according to the way that we want him to, w we might be inclined to conclude that, well, God isn't real because he doesn't do what I want him to do. But the reality is, is that God knows better. And he knows that oftentimes uh, that his grace and and his his strength is made perfect not in what we would call perfection or in strength, uh, but in weakness. And so I think that that the 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 lesson that well, I'm sure you guys have probably already realized it, but that your younger son and maybe other people in your family in your life are going to realize is is that uh, while your older son, by worldly standards, is imperfect, uh, in in God's eyes, uh, that is the perfect situation for his strength. Uh, to be made known, and uh, and and I would suggest to you that God's not done yet, uh, and that He can do amazing things, and and uh, but that doesn't necessarily mean that He's going to change it uh, according to the desires of people or the world. That's so true, and you know we, I do want to add that um, He is. Uh, we believe that He placed our son and that. Um, to there was a, a passenger that was in the uh, with him, and they were deboned on her side. And she said that he 
he shielded her. He yelled, yo, and then he covered her. Mm. And so the brain injury is the only, was the only thing that was, didn't look like he was in a car accident. Mm. And had he not leaned over her, um, Maybe. he, it might have been another way because that, if you look at the vehicle, it was definitely pinned to the center console. We really don't even, you know, we already know that it was God's grace that saved her. Um, and unfortunately, when he did that, that put his head in direct yeah. contact with the other vehicle. And I think so, that, that, yeah, that's a that, that's a, a beautiful um, story of sacrifice too. You know that that um, you know that your yeah. younger that your younger child is going to you know, someday appreciate that's probably difficult yeah. for a four-year-old to understand, but that, you know, that his older brother, uh, you know, did that instinctively because, you know, these decisions are made in a fraction of a second. Um, exactly. But did that instinctively for another person, that that's what kind of person that didn't think about himself first, you know, right. and, uh, and, you know, uh, I, I can just say to hang on to the promise because um, obviously the Lord spared his life, though he allowed uh, uh, this difficulty into it. But the Lord spared him and, and, and the Lord has him uh, still here for a reason. And, and the Lord can work through it and the world will see things and say, well, this is imperfect. It's not right. And God's not real. And, but, but you know differently. Yeah, we do know differently. And, you know, people have said that to us, like, well, why did you make the decision? Because she's in a feeding tube and, you know, the doctors tell you, uh, you know, you could not put the feeding tube in and all this stuff. And we're like, we're leaving it in God's hands. And he's still here for a reason. And that's kind of where we leave it as well. Yeah, and and we don't always know, you know, I mean, whether it's a person with um dementia or whether it's a child who is who is born with you know co- uh, uh, diminished cognitive abilities uh whether it's someone you know like your son that suffers as a result uh, you know of a, of a tragic accident um we don't always know what's going on in there <clears throat> and even if we feel like we do uh, that's not our place um god gives life and it's his privilege and his privilege alone to take it away. And uh, so whether it's from an ultrasound in the womb and someone's listening right now and they're being encouraged to to abort their child because uh, the, their child may not be what the world calls perfect, my encouragement to you is don't do that because you you don't know what the Lord's going to do through that child. You don't know what strength of the Lord is going to be made perfect in that weakness. And so uh, by, we walk by faith. Absolutely. Thank you. Hey, you bet. Can I pray for you, Joe? Yes, please. What's your What's your uh, your older and your younger son's names? Uh, Joseph is the older with the uh, the injury, and Nathan is our four year old. Excellent, um, Father. We just lift up. Uh, I lift up Joe's family. I just pray that you would just bless her, and uh, Lord, we do just pray that you'd bless Joseph and just continue to be with him. And uh, Lord, we pray for his peace and his comfort. Lord, his communion with you, uh, even though he's nonverbal, uh, Lord, we pray for uh, more smiles each and every day. And Lord, we do pray that you would work in his life if that's what you desire to do, that, that you would continue to bring out expression and, and, and words if that's what you desire, or even other things. 
Uh, but Lord, we know that he doesn't need to be like everybody else um, to be used by you. Uh, Lord, that who you've uh, allowed him to be now is perfect in your eyes, Lord, and that you can work and that your strength can be made made perfect in what the world calls weakness. And Lord, I pray for Nathan, Lord, that he would grow up to know you and to serve you and that he would understand and that his uh, older brother is the the sacrifice that he made, the life uh, that he leads now, the choices that his parents have made uh, in relationship to that, uh, Lord, that that would inspire him to walk with you. And so bless this family. Uh, Lord, I pray that uh, through this situation, uh, as only you can, that you would just bring forth great joy. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, God, Amen. God, God bless you, and I, I, I really appreciate you calling and sharing a little bit of your story. Thank you. Thank yeah. you for the prayer. It was beautiful. I, absolutely. God bless you, Joe. God bless you. Bye-bye. Hey, folks, uh, you wanna, if you want to join us on Calvary Live, great calls this afternoon. Just in have enjoyed this so far so much and we've got to you know about 15 minutes left 14 minutes left of the show plenty of time uh, to take more calls and more questions 303-690-3000 if you want to join me uh, on the program 303-690-3000 Jason Vanderveer here with you on Calvary Live and uh, if you want to text 720-336-0890 Nine seven seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven. Give me a, a one sentence text of your question or your prayer request, and we'll we'll uh, take those as many of those as we can uh, on the program as well. Again, I'm Jason Vanderveer, pastor of Calvary Chapel in Parker, Colorado. You can get some more information about our church at CalvaryChapelParker.com. CalvaryChapelParker.com, and you can join us tonight if you're going to be in the area. Or if you're not, you can watch live online at calvarychapelparker.com. Just click the Watch Live button, and there's a player right there that you can watch. 7 p.m. Mountain Time will be our uh, midweek service. We're going through the book of Hosea midweek right now. We've got worship and Bible study, so you can worship with us either in person uh, or online, 7 p.m. here. And you can get directions once again at calvarychapelparker.com. Join us on the weekend as well, Sunday, 9 or 10.45, again, uh, either online or in person. And uh, we've got all kinds of uh, resources available there for you on the uh, the website as well. Again, CalvaryChapelParker.com. But hey, we've got a great resource in this program and about 13 minutes or so left uh, of this program here. 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. That's the number to call if you want to join me. Uh, on the program here, and again, if you prefer to text, uh, you can do so, 720-336-0897, that's the, uh, the, the text line, but uh, great questions today, we've, we've had Dan and uh, Joe also, and uh, also May uh, on, on the program, all up and down the the front range here of Colorado and then uh, New Jersey. So we've had uh, pretty good representation, but I know there's quite a few 
Others out there listening in the South, in Kentucky, North Carolina, Tennessee, you're welcome to call 303-690-3000. And uh, Maryland and Pennsylvania, of course, we've had New Jersey, but Maryland, Pennsylvania on Hope FM, love to have you join us. And then all the way up uh, and down the Front Range, Colorado and Wyoming on Grace FM uh, here. And the numbers, numbers the same, no matter where you are, it's the it's the same number, 303-690-3000. We had a listener yesterday in Ukraine and We've got listeners all over the United States and uh, and all over the, the the world tuning in. So love to have you. If you're on the other side of the world, we appreciate you staying up uh, late uh, to listen to the program or depending on which direction, getting up early uh, to listen to the program. And, of course, those here in the United States, we appreciate uh, and in, in North America, appreciate all of you uh, tuning in. Uh, and, uh, again, I mentioned the, uh, the call-in number one more time, the text number, 7. 7- 2033608 We uh we just finished this last Sunday our two-part look at uh, in Ezekiel at the Millennial Temple and uh, if you're interested in in that uh it's uh uh there in Ezekiel beginning in about chapter 40 there uh through 45 and uh, so we had a, a two-parter on the Millennial Temple. We'll be finishing up this weekend uh, with the Millennial Kingdom uh, and uh, the book of Ezekiel. So if you want to join us for that, it's going to be fascinating. And a lot of people have questions about that temple. You can go to CalvaryChapelParker.com, get that two-parter. Just uh, click on Messages and uh, Ezekiel. Uh, Old Testament, there's an Old Testament pull-down, Ezekiel Series 2, and just select those messages uh, from the latter part of Ezekiel, the Millennial Temple, Part 1 and Part 2. But it's fascinating. A lot of people uh, get confused by that temple there at the end of Ezekiel. And uh, it's fascinating, and they get confused by the millennium as a whole. And so we'll be looking more at that as I said, we've we've completed our look at the temple, but we'll complete our look in Ezekiel, our study of Ezekiel and the millennium as a whole this Sunday. Fascinating time that is yet future. Uh, and if you're wondering how the millennium fits into the context of the end times, we have the rapture of the church, we have the, the great tribulation period, uh, and then we have the millennial, the thousand-year reign of Jesus Christ uh, that follows that. It immediately follows his return to earth to set up his throne and his kingdom, uh, to, uh, which fulfills God's promises to Israel uh, that the Messiah would sit on the throne uh, of David and would rule and that they... Uh, would possess the uh, inheritance that God had get given has given them, and that was an unconditional promise that that God had made to the nation of Israel. That's why it's so important to realize that these promises aren't about the church. There are other promises for the church. Those aren't promises for the church. They are for the nation of Israel, and the nation of Israel isn't walking with the Lord right now, but the nation of Israel will be uh, after the Great Tribulation. Paul talks about that in Romans chapter 11, and it's throughout uh, the Old Testament prophets that God is drawing the nation of Israel back to himself. I believe that right now that God is working, perhaps in the events that are going on today right now, in, and, and with the rockets being being launched uh, at Israel. And of course, Israel has foes on every side, Lebanon uh, to the northwest uh, in Gaza, uh, on the southwestern uh, side of Israel there uh, to uh, 
the east and northeast uh, Syria and uh, further east. Obviously, you've got uh, uh, a lot of Muslim countries. Jordan, you know, right now there's a little bit of somewhat of peace with Jordan, but then you've got the Palestinians. There's, there's a threat on every side of Israel. Um, but these have to be resolved, at least in perception, um, as we get near to the rapture of the church in the beginning of the tribulation, because in the beginning of the tribulation, Israel is going to be living in a perceived peace prior to what is known as the Magog invasion, Ezekiel 38 and 39. Uh, so uh, that's going to be a, a, a fascinating uh, thing. How do we get from where we are now, where there's a threat on every side, uh, to a time of perceived peace? And uh, it's quite possible that... Uh, you know, that, that Israel is going to be able to deal with some of these foes, uh, like uh, Hamas uh, in Gaza. They don't seem to be letting up, and if they can sufficiently deal with these foes or something else deals with these foes, uh, then that very clearly could be setting up uh, the end times event. So we'll see. Uh, fascinating. I'm always very interested uh, with anything that is going on in Israel because it lets us know so much uh, about the times and the seasons in which we live. So be encouraged. Um, it can be discouraging. Uh, well, I think it's for discouraging for unbelievers, uh, but for believers, while we feel for people and the things that they're going through, uh, Jews uh, and others in the region, uh, uh, Believers and, and, and even those few believers there and, and unbelievers and those yet to believe, uh, we know that God is working. So uh, fascinating situation over there. Keep your eye on that. 303-690-3000. Got just a few minutes left in the program here. But again, still some time. If you want to join me, I'm Jason Vanderveer. If you want to join me uh, on the program here, 303-690-3000. That is the number to call uh, or 720 three three six zero eight nine seven uh to text and uh, we've got a text here uh looking for um direction if uh uh in relationship to marriage uh and uh um looks like uh, these folks are not married uh but uh there's some sort of uh I'm not really understanding fully, uh, but uh, uh, it looks like this person is no not a believer. So they're not married. Uh, they're looking for direction and advice. Uh, this person says that they feel as though they're they're married, which is something different. And uh, and there is kind of a uh, separation. Sounds like they have a a child as well. Uh, so you know, it sounds like there's a a, a lot of uh, issues. Uh, going on here. The the first thing to remember is is that regardless of uh, a lot of people have ch children out of wedlock, um, marriage is marriage, and despite what society calls common law marriage or some of these other things, uh, that is that is not marriage. Um, marriage is very specific. It's something that takes place um, before uh, the Lord, and so you're either married or you're not married, and. Uh, because you have children um, doesn't necessarily mean uh, that uh, two individuals should get married. Uh, and the world that's kind of the world's morality, uh, but that's not always uh, biblical. The first 
uh, requirement for marriage uh, between a believer and anyone else is is what Paul talks about in First Corinthians seven uh, is uh, um, that they both be believers. Uh, and so that is that is obviously the first requirement. Now, sometimes people make mistakes or, you know, so they don't go getting divorced. And sometimes people become believers after they've gotten married. That's an entirely different matter. But but if someone is choosing um, there, we don't want to be, as the scripture says, in business and marriage in any relationship, unequally yoked. And obviously, uh, that's something very specific in scripture, it, it, ill matched. Um, you know, you you might say because it creates its own set of problems. So my encouragement to you is is obviously you've got to raise your child uh, as any two people have a child together. Uh, you need to pray for the salvation of this individual. Uh, you need to remain separate and 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 uh, pray for them, uh, pray for their salvation. And and if the Lord desires for you to be married down the road and 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 uh, this woman becomes a believer, uh, then the Lord will direct you in that. Uh, but do the most important things uh, today, and and the next step today, and that's taking care of your child, praying for this woman, and being patient uh, to see what the Lord wants to do, um, rather than trying to you know, kind of uh, figure it out on your own or or say it's uh, something in order to to uh, pursue uh, something a certain way. Avoid that temptation. We're all faced with that temptation. So I hope that uh, that, that, that helps uh, uh, this person who's uh, texting about that. And uh, God bless you. Lord, we just pray for this individual. We pray for wisdom. We pray for their child uh, to know you. We pray for this woman for, to be saved. We pray for strength uh, in the spirit to to just wait patiently uh, on you for whatever you desire to do uh, in this relationship, and we give it to you. We trust you. Uh, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, hey, thanks for that uh, question. Uh, hopefully uh, that gives you a, a little bit of direction. Sounds like you have some godly uh, uh, people in your life. Uh, some church family uh, and uh, friends, and uh, I would say continue to lean on the Word of God and uh, and uh, continue to you know lean on the leadership of your church uh, for encouragement and for advice. Hey, we're getting down to the end of the program uh, here. Appreciate you tuning in. I'll be back with you tomorrow. Uh, 303-690-3000. Put that in your phone. Give me a call, Jason Vandiver with you here on Calvary Live and uh, you know uh, really appreciate all the questions all the calls it's been a lot of fun today Uh, looking forward to tomorrow but until then God bless you guys and have a great night you've been listening to Calvary Live tune in next time for prayer and God's word